Are you ready to talk about the shooting? Dr. Shu gazes at me from behind her chic rimless glasses and rebalances her notepad on her lap. The ticking clock on the wall behind her is almost, but not quite, half a second off from the ticking of my watch. We have seven minutes until the 50-minute hour ends. 840 ticks, if I'm counting both the clock and the watch. My phone vibrates in the pocket of my leather jacket, which is draped across the chair to my right. I tried to mix things up a bit today, so I sat on the couch instead. It's warming up outside. Last week, that blizzard, what'd they call it? Greta. I think it's weird that they name winter storms now. I thought that was just for hurricanes. Anyway, I had to chip, like, an inch of ice off my car in the middle of the night, and it had me thinking. Dr. Shu nods. What were you thinking about that night? About the Vic, the frozen one. The perp strangled her and tossed her body into a bus shelter. It had frozen solid before anybody bothered to call 911. At least we got the guy. We indicted him yesterday and celebrated last night. And I didn't drink too much even though the boss was buying rounds. I was proud of myself. It's the little things. You were thinking about the victim while you were chipping ice off your car. Well, no. i just gotten the call on that Vic. I'm not sure what I was thinking about. What happens if you go back to that moment and try to remember? Dr. Shu and I are so good at this little game we play. I was actually contemplating what it would be like to have a normal job that let me sleep regular hours. But I don't say that, because then she'll want to talk about sleep habits or something, and the thought makes my neck tense. You know, how it might be nice to stay inside when the weather says there's going to be a foot of drifting snow, gusting winds, and an occasional power outage. Do you want to use this time to talk about the weather? Dr. Shu asks. Is that effective? The shrink and her tough love. Jesus. Forgive me for sounding like a psychologist here, Liz, but I really think you might benefit from using our time together to evaluate what you want and how you want your life to be instead of how you can make yourself feel worse. My phone gives a short little reminder buzz. The clock and my watch keep ticking, out of sync in a way that feels oddly reassuring. Four minutes to go. How do I want my life to be? I ask. You tell me. She uncrosses and recrosses her legs, and I entertain myself by listening to the swish of the fabric. Let's go back and start at the beginning. What made you want to be a cop? That's not the beginning, but I'll leave it there. Since I was a teenager, I just knew. It was a calling. I'm using a sarcastic tone of voice that doesn't match how serious all of this really is. And my guess is that she knows that. She's not stupid, and I'm not stupid enough to think she is. Did anything happen in your life to make you think that law enforcement was the only choice for you? You've read my police jacket. There's the tense neck, and we're not even talking about my sleeping habits but I sidestep her question by chuckling. I can't tell if she buys it or not. She writes something on her pad with her fancy fountain pen. 
Take me through how you got to special homicide, then. She's using a gentle tone in spite of, maybe because of, my reticence. I take a deep breath and let it out slowly through my mouth. I need to catch the worst of them. Not cases, but people. You know, the ones whose motive is power and control. It's not supposed to matter to a cop, but motives. I care about motives. I pause and fiddle with my shoelace. Before I got this gig, I was a sex crimes detective, without the homicide part, for just over three years. Before that, patrol for four. I gaze out the window. I mean, you know all of that. You've read my file. Yes, I have read the file. I just, I crave the dirt, the grit of the homicide job. It's like I need it.